Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. There comes a time in every believer's life where you make a decision between following the steps of the righteous that have been ordered by God or by following steps that will lead you uh, to a place of despair and a place where you'll become dismayed. Um, there's always a breaking point. Has anybody ever been in that place? There's always a division point. There's always a breaking point where it's the point between do I actually follow God, not, not go to church, but do I actually become a doer of the word? Do I actually become one who internalizes the word and lives by the word of God? Or do I get to this point whereby I can do ministry so much whereby uh, I don't actually have to have a real relationship with God. I just have to act like I have a relationship with God. There becomes a point in your walk with God as believers where you have to make that decision whether or not you're going to dive in 100% and take your arm and put it under the water and be completely submerged underneath the water or if you're going to live this haphazard life, this wayward life, this half-half life, this hot and cold life. Um, and I, I myself have been in that position many a times whereby there is a, uh, an opportunity to be able to lead your own life, to be able to go in the path that you think is desirable for yourself or to enter into the path that is following God. I don't know if I'm by myself tonight, but I think that maybe I'm the only one. If you've been in that position, let me see by raising your hands. If you're a brave soul, want to raise your hand. Look, almost everybody in this place has been in a position whereby you have to choose whether or not you are not just going to be a church goer because there's a difference. You can be a church goer and not know Jesus. It's very easy. You can, you can love the things of God, but not have a deep enough revelation or relationship with Jesus that your relationship begins to affect your demeanor and your behavior. Because what happens is our relationship with Christ should, should change the way that we view the world. It should change the way that we relate with others. It should change the way that we relate with Christ and to change the way that we even relate to ourselves. But if we don't allow our relationship with Jesus to be at such an internal level whereby it burns through the things that are not like him, so the things that are like us begin to come up, then we're joking. We're joking. There comes a time in every believer's life where the fire has to go through you and it has to separate between what is gold and what is like. A couple of weeks ago, we discussed about the, the process of gold being made. And we came to this conclusion whereby you can see scientifically that the gold, once put through the fire, is separated from the things that are not 100% gold. There's a separation. There's a separation. And God began to speak to me, Pastor Ryan, and I began to ask him. I said, God, why are you showing me this revelation? He said, I'm showing you this revelation for two things. Number one, it's so that you know the process by which what the fire does to a soul who's willing to go in it. But number two, to tell you to beware of friends and people who don't want you to enter the fire. Uh, he began to speak to me, Pastor, and told me simply, he said, Yes, I want to show you what happens when you're in the fire, but can I talk to you and let you know that there are some people in your life that are trying to prevent you from the very thing that you need for God to refine you into the vessel that he needs for his glory. There is a fire that you have to go through. There is a situation that you will have to endure. But sometimes we like finding comfort in the protection of those who will protect us from the very thing that we need to expose us. 
Do you know sometimes you need to be exposed so that you can know this is definitely not the way for me, but I have to follow the way of Christ. Some people think that everything bad happens is the devil. No, sometimes God makes bad situations so that you can realize how good he is. God's goodness can only be revealed when there's, when there's bad. That's, that's actually when the more you realize that, man, God is truly good. When he's brought me from point A to point B to point C, I began to realize, has God been good to anybody in this room tonight? Has he been good? You don't, you don't look like he's been good. Has he God been good to you? Has God been good to you? Has God been good to you? There is a goodness in God that is revealed when you go through fire. You see... The, the three Hebrew boys, they entered into the fire. You see, there was this big thing with King Nebuchadnezzar. And if you read the book of Daniel, it says this. It says that they didn't want to enter. Uh, they didn't want to bow down when they heard the sound of, of uh, uh, you know, and bow to the, the idol when they heard the sound. They said, listen, we will not defile ourselves or defile our God. We will stand what the circumstances, no matter what the situation is. And the king heard that and the king said, you know what? I have no choice but to throw you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace. Now, the Bible goes to say this. The Bible says that as he threw these three Hebrew boys inside the fiery furnace, that they actually turned it up. And those who were bringing them inside the fire, they died. There's some people who will die trying to prevent you from the fire. There's some people who will die trying to put you into the same thing that God needs you to go through because your walk is not somebody else's walk. You can't try to go through what somebody else is going through because God has a divine mandate for you. He says, they entered into the fire, and as they did, what happened, Nick, was that the, the, the fourth man, God was in the fire, so much so that when they left the fire, their clothes were not burned, there was no smoke on them, nothing was on them, but they came out completely alive and completely in one piece. I pray that somebody is going to exit the fire better than the way you entered into the fire. Oh my gosh. I decree and declare that fear not the heat that you're entering into. Some of you guys are about to enter into a season where things may not go that well. Things may not go that well. But what is going to help you in the fire is going to be your hope that you are coming out better than you went in. I prophesy that to somebody. Will you, you, will, you will leave the fire better than when you entered into the fire. God is going to refine you and make you so much so gold that when people walk past you, they have no choice but to look and admire what God has made. Oh my, look at God's great creation. Look at what God has made. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I'm so glad that that person is in that day as well. Because God is going to refine you in such a way that by the time you begin to walk even on the streets, your gold on the inside of you will begin to be exposed to those that are around you. I prophesy your co-workers, oh, y'all ain't here tonight. I said, I prophesy even your co-workers, your professors, your friends, your people, people even on the bus will begin to notice the gold on the inside of you. But the gold won't happen unless the fire is turned up. Turn to somebody and say, stop being afraid. Turn to your next neighbor that you ignore and say, don't be shook. Some of y'all are shook of the fire. I don't want to go through pain. I don't want to go through struggle. I don't want to have a bad day. I don't want to go through something. God wants to display his goodness to you. It's not hard. How will you realize he's good? Galatians 5, 16 and 17. I'm going to read this out of a different version tonight. It's called the Berivian. I'm going to read that out of that version tonight. One thing that happens in the fire is this. There's, and it, you, we begin to be exposed to this number one battle. Someone say there's a battle. There's one battle that is the battle of all human mankind, and that's the battle of your spirit and your flesh. 
It is like the craziest battle. Some of you guys even now are battling between the spirit and the flesh. Should I pay attention or should I just look at that person on the left row? Should I, should I, should I, <laughs> should I, should I decide how I'm going to get her number after service or am I going to decide to pay attention to this word? You see, there's constantly a battle even now over your spirit. And your, some of us are sitting in this room right now and we're thinking about what am I going to eat after church tonight? I guarantee about 65% of the people are thinking, what am I going to eat after? Oh my gosh, I can't get home late. Oh my gosh, Domino's is going to be closed. And Sharama may be open. I don't want to go downtown. Some of you guys are thinking about why, because there's a constant battle between your spirit and your flesh. The Bible says that they're constantly in battle. They're constantly in contention. They don't like each other. And they, they make it known that they don't like each other. So that's why many times when there's a word that's going to change your life, that's the time where you will not be engaged in service. That's the time where you want to be like, can, can I just wait till, can I fast forward this week till next week? Because I don't think this is applicable to me. No, it's applicable, but it's that your flesh doesn't want your spirit to be able to be exposed to revelation that will kill your flesh. Because the only way that your flesh can overcome is when you overdose in the spirit. The spiritual realm is that which, oh, I think I should calm down. Because the fire I'm bringing, you're looking at me like, where did our pastor come from? He went to Ghana and something happened to him. Yeah, I went to Ghana and I got refired to come back. And there's a fire here. The Bible says this in Galatians 5, 16 and 17. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh craves what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are opposed to one another so that you do not do what you want. Verses 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. There's two things we're picking from this scripture from verses 16 all the way to verses 17. Two things that God tells us to do. Number one is to walk. Someone say walk. It says to walk by the Spirit. What does it mean to walk? What it means to walk is to be able to have communion. That's what it means. A lot of people think when they mean walk, we mean go from one level. That's one definition of looking at it, where I go from one level to another level. But another definition is to have communion, to be in association with somebody, to be able to have that type of, or to be in or act in association, number one. And number two, to be led means, or the past, it's the past tense rather for lead, which means to guide uh, on a way, especially by going in advance. To guide by way of going into advance. I need two people to walk with me right now. Two people. Just get up. I'm going to walk with Abun. Okay, cool. Awesome. So, yeah, go stand over there. All right, you're going to stand. You're going to stand with me. And you're going to stand over there. Okay, just stand there. The Bible's telling us two things. All right, guys? It's telling us this. That this is how you combat the battle between spirit and flesh. You know how many times I've read this scripture and I've never taken in what the Bible was trying to tell me? All I thought was it meant, listen, that you will be in church sometimes and you'll be thinking about something or you will be in some place and your mind will wander something and there will always be a contention between your spirit and your flesh. But what God is saying is he's actually admonishing the church by telling us two things. The way that you combat this battle between spirit and flesh is by one, walking in the spirit. And number two, being led by the spirit. So you have to lead us. So you have to turn the other way. It says to walk in the spirit and to be led by the spirit. Now, the Bible says this in the NKJV version. It says to walk in the spirit. You know, this version will say walk by the spirit. But it says this uh, in the NKJV, walk in the spirit. 
Now, this is what happens. Let me demonstrate it to you, all right? Many times, this is what we do. We think that being in the Spirit is all we need. That's the revelation. I'm in the Spirit right now. Quicken. Good God Almighty. Jeez! Shondo. We think that we think that being in the spirit is more. No, but the Bible says when you're trying to combat the battle between spirit and flesh, it's to walk in the spirit. But this is what many of us do. We are in the spirit, supposed to be walking with the spirit of God, but we are sitting looking at the spirit of God, saying, God, tell me what I need to do. God, hmm, I'm in your presence, but I don't really want to be here. But the Bible tells us to walk in the spirit, so I'm in the spirit. Being in the spirit, I pray in tongues, pray for one hour at midnight. You're in the spirit, but you're not walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit means this, that there is a daily association. There is daily communion, and not just that, but your communion takes you from grace to grace. From level to level. From one era to the next era. All right, so let's go back. That's part one. So it says walk in the spirit. So now we know what walking in the spirit is. Walking in the spirit is having communion with the spirit of God, speaking to God, allowing him to reveal mysteries to you about what is about to happen the next day. That's what, that's what walking in the spirit is doing. So what it means is that when that guy comes, when that girl comes, I mean, it's summertime, everybody wants to dress anyhow and everybody wants to be It's button-down season. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Everybody's feeling funky. You want to be on a rooftop somewhere, dancing shaku. Eh? Everybody's feeling funky. Now that everybody's feeling funky, that's the way that you are not even in the spirit. There's two things. You're supposed to be in the spirit and walk in the spirit. But many of us, the moment the weather gets hot, we aren't even in the spirit. We're out of the spirit. We're in the flesh. Why? Because when, the, when it gets hot outside, we show more flesh. We want to be in the flesh. Oh my God, God, help me. You're falling into temptation. Buddy, just be in the spirit and walk in the spirit. And it says that that is how you will bring down your, your, your lust for the things of the flesh. Be in the spirit. Someone say, be in the spirit. Number two, say, walk in the spirit. Number two is being in the spirit. Number two is walking in the spirit. What does that mean? Association. Communion. And not only does it say this, but it says that not only shall you be in the spirit, not only shall you walk in the spirit, but Maya will begin to walk. You shall be led by the spirit. You will be led by the spirit. Stop right there. That means that if the spirit of God is walking, begin to walk Maya. And I'm not following, but I'm having communion, and I'm talking, and I'm having association. She's walking. The Spirit of God is walking. Stop right there. The Spirit of God is walking, but I am not following. That's our second problem. God is walking. God is moving. Things are happening in the Spirit to advance us in this battle. But yet, we're having so much communion, but we're not being led by the Spirit. We're being talking to the Spirit. We're communing by the Spirit, but we're not obeying the Spirit. But I'm spending time in prayer. Yeah, but obedience is better than sacrifice. 
I'm communing with God and I'm talking with God and I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and I pray and I rah, bah, 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 oh my God and I can speak in tongues and I'm a prayer warrior yeah but you're not being led by the Spirit you're in the Spirit praying God show me my husband God show me my wife good God Almighty God lead me to the one I want the one give me boo I'm ready for me and God is leading you somewhere and you're so busy communing with God and many times our communion is one way I'm communing with God but have you realized that there's a time where you gotta just humble yourself and say God speak to me I'm not going until you speak to me I'm not moving until you speak to me I've spoken to you now speak to me there it's a relationship there's something called relationship relationship is two ways let me help some people going into relationships it's a two-way thing it's not a one-way it's not this baby that baby sometimes sit down let them say baby to you it's, it's a two-way thing somebody say hey shh. it's a two-way thing it's a two-way it's a two-way that's the way it works. It, it, it's a communion, it's a relationship. So not only are you being in the spirit, not only are you walking in the spirit, but what are you doing now? Oh, what's that? Are you here or you're sleeping? What is it? You're being led by the spirit. Mayo, come all the way back here. Come all the way back here. Come all the way back here. All right, come, 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 come. Come, come. Now turn around and now lead us. Now go left. All right? Go left. So what being led by the spirit is, it doesn't mean just being in motion behind. <sighs> It means following even when it feels the road is off. Let's turn it. Let's go the other way. It means even if the Spirit of God decides to stop, stop, it means I will not pass, but I will stop. This is where pride comes in. I'm talking with the Holy Spirit and I'm moving. God has stopped a long time ago. God is not saying jack about nothing. I see in the Spirit. You don't see squat, bro. It's not. It, communion with the Spirit of God. Oh my God. The Spirit of God is subject to the prophet. Meaning this. Oh. Meaning this, come back, come back, stand behind me, stand behind me, prof, come, 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 quick, 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 the revelation is going, if you don't, hurry up, eh? now, hold hands with her, it means this, the spirit of God begins to communicate to the man or woman of God that is on top or ahead of you, guiding you, yes, you'll have a relationship with the spirit of God, but when it comes to leadership, when it comes to headship, when it comes to leading, Papa, which way should I go? Pastor, what should I do with my career? What should I do with my life? It is that the Spirit of God begins to communicate to the man or woman of God who is in the headship of you. And then what happens is the man of God begins to communicate with you. And then what happens is your spirit bears witness with his. Somebody say, talk to me. Can I work the word? Somebody say, work it. It's when the Spirit of God begins to bear witness with your spirit about what the man of God is saying. What the woman of God is saying. Because not only are you in the Spirit, you are now walking in the Spirit. And now you are being led in the Spirit about what you need to, go, what you need to do. Thank you so much, Prof. You can please be seated. Now stand right there, alright? Now let me talk to you about this thing, alright? Someone say, talk to me, Pastor. 
See, talk to me. This is what happens when we fight between our spirit and our flesh. What happens is many times we're ill-equipped for the battle that is set before us. We're not equipped, meaning this, meaning our relationship and our communion with the Spirit of God in walking in the Spirit is, is not at a level whereby it can actually begin to combat the desires of our flesh, meaning this. Your communion with, your Holy, with the Holy Spirit is not at an advanced level. You're not communicating with Him enough. That's why the battle with the flesh is over and is going way over and you can't even handle what is happening in the flesh. Why? It's because your intake and communion with the Spirit of God is limited. So many of us are fighting a battle that is not even equal. There's so much flesh but there's not enough spirit. So much flesh, but not enough spirit. Because we don't take in time with the Holy Spirit, so our battle is not on the same level. The flesh is always winning. How come, Pastor, every time I pray, I just, I don't know what happens. I can't pray anymore. How, Pastor, how come every time that I try to do something, it doesn't work out? Or every time I'm in prayer, I'm thinking about that person. Or I'm thinking about this situation. I'm thinking about that party. Or I just want to smoke even though I'm in church. Why? It's because your intake of the Spirit of God is not at a level whereby it overwhelms the flesh in you. It has to overwhelm the flesh in you. Can you give me the same verse, but give it to me in the N, uh, NIV version. Give it to me in the NIV version. Stay right where you are, ladies. Give it to me in the NIV version. Good. Let's take it from... Uh, says, so, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Go on to verse 17. It says this, For the flesh desire what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever. Verses 18 says this. But if you are led by the spirit, and you are not under the law. Verses 19. The acts of the flesh. No, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm going to find it here. It says this. Actually, sorry. It's in the NLT version. It says this in verse 17. It says, and the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature, nature desires. Let me put this in context for you. All right. Verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit give a guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So your flesh is a craving. What do you do with a craving? You either satisfy it or you starve it. Am I, am I, am I making sense? Thank you so much, ladies. You can please be seated. What you do with a craving is what? You either satisfy your craving, or number two, you starve it. Now, how do you begin to starve the flesh? This is what the Bible is teaching us as we read this in the NLT version. It says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is uh, just the opposite of what the spirit wants. Then it says, and the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. So what does that mean? That means that as you begin to commune with the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, he begins to give you desires that are like him that are not like the desires of the world. Some of us, our problems is that our desire... powerful Kai our desire it is not the desire of the Holy Spirit it's not the desire of God so because our desire is not to do right our flesh whatever you give fuel to is where it will go your desire is like a zero is like zero it's like it's like base level whatever your mind gives permission to your desire to do is what it will do 
So it's not about, I have to stop doing this, and oh, why do I keep smoking, and oh, why do I keep having sex, and why do I keep going to club, and why can't I stop doing this, why can't, it's because your desire has not changed. We have to actually start training our desire, that's what you have to start doing. Because the way you kill the flesh is by training your desire to bear fruit and bear witness with the desires of the Holy Spirit. Are you still with me? Give God a praise right there. I think I'm going too deep. I'm going to pull out. <laughs> to be led and walk in the Spirit require one thing. To be led in the Spirit, to be in the Spirit, and to walk in the Spirit. They just desire one thing, or they require one thing, and that's just desperation. That's it. A lot of people think it's a complicated, like, oh my gosh, to walk in the spirit, I got to be like so holy. You know, back in the olden days, even before you could be baptized, they would have to say, okay, do you really want to do this? And you have to be at a certain age where you understand what you're going and stuff like that. And there used to be a whole bunch of things before you understand uh, what you are actually getting yourself into, which is still valid today. But it's all down to this desire, desperation, will, intent. What you actually want. Do you actually want to walk by the Spirit? That's why I said at the beginning that everybody comes to a point in their lives as believers where they have to decide either, am I going to be a lukewarm believer or am I going to be an actual believer? Anybody been at that point? I don't know. Am I actually going to be true? Or am I actually just going to just joke? There comes a time where you have to lay aside childish things and become a man or a woman of God. There's a time whereby the childish things just don't do. Some of us are frustrated in our lives because our, our sins are outweighing our walk with God. It's like I'm in a position of leadership, but my sins are so piled up that my walk with God is like, it's not, it's inexistent. It's just, it's not there. I don't even pray anymore because my sins have just piled up, but I've learned the art of ministry. It's a dangerous thing. To learn the art of ministry. Preaching is an art. I was terrible before. It's an art. God is helping me. I'm not perfect. I'm getting there. Preaching is an art. Singing is an art. I was a terrible singer. God has helped me. It's an art. So you can begin to perform. That's what they call a performing art. The more you perform, the more you become better at it. It's an art. You perfect it. So ministry in and of itself, technicalities, you begin to develop the insight, the foresight. You begin to develop the wisdom for ministry. But a lot of people fall in love with ministry. They understand the workings of ministry and they lose the relationship with God. talking about the refiner's fire by the time you we finish these talks these series these next few weeks you're going to be so much better your life is i'm telling you, your life is going to be gold by the time we finish this series your life is going to be even gold more gold than it was before you entered into this church i prophesied that to your life somebody's getting a sudden promotion somebody's getting a sudden promotion i hear that i hear that let me give you one thing to control your desire atmosphere atmosphere. Hey, Yale, can you hop on the keys for me real quick? Is he around? You see, one thing that changes atmosphere is music. Music changes atmosphere. Jicky, it's good to see you. That's my friend. Music changes atmosphere. Do you agree with me? Anybody disagree that music doesn't change? 
Music has the ability to change your atmosphere. We're talking about our desire. Desire and atmosphere are like hand in hand. Because what happens is that when the atmosphere is right, your desire is heightened. Y'all didn't get that. When the atmosphere is calibrated, your desire comes alive. Like, ah, come alive in the nighttime. It, it gets heightened. Your desire is heightened. The moment the atmosphere is set. That's why I told you, you know, back in the days, I used to love R&B. Any R&B lovers? Oh, my God. Woo, Jesus. You know, one of my favorite songs, I, told, I promised myself I'd play this at my wedding, but the way things are moving. <laughs> I might just make a song for my wedding. Is that... So, yeah, I told him to play this song. Just let's play it a little bit. Let's play it a little bit. Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Ghost. My whole life has changed. Oh. Hey. Since I met Jesus. My life. <laughs> you make my life complete. Hey! Hold up, hold up. Hey! People losing their salvation up in this church. Music changes atmosphere. I saw people that didn't even clap for anything in the service. Like, ah! Oh my gosh. Music, it, it shifts atmosphere, it shifts culture, it shifts, and the moment that music comes in, that's when your desire is heightened. That's why they'll say, this is music that you make when you play when you're making love. This is music that you play when you're about to worship. This is why we have playlists. Playlists are for your mood. I'm feeling heightened, I'm feeling excited. I want a party, so I'm going to play a certain type of music that will bring out a certain level of desire. But you have to be careful because sometimes if you haven't trained your desire, you can't control your desire. That's why some of us can listen to all types of music and it doesn't affect us. Why? Because I've trained my desire that there's no way you will pass this certain point. I've put my desire, I've bodied my desire. You better chill. But if you're not at a level yet where you've communed with the Spirit of God, where He's giving you His desire, you won't be able to train. So that's why the, when the music begins to, begins to come back, you know, and you hear, the, you know, go shawty, it's your birthday. You got the boom, boom. I automatically start thinking like 2000s. Like, I start thinking back, like, I start thinking about my olden days. I start thinking about the days where we used to wear baggy jeans and, and basketball jerseys and, you know, headbands and wristbands and, you know, we used to do a little, uh, you know. I start thinking back to those days Why? because music begins to shift your atmosphere and it, 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 it reveals your desires. Guarantee you. If I begin to play some music in this place that touches your soul, it could even make you cry. Because it brings out a desire. Why? Because every desire can be traced back to a moment. Every desire can be traced back to a moment. The first time I was with this person, the first time I had my first kiss, the first time I held this girl, the first time we began to walk on the beach, the first time I saw her, the first time... Y'all don't do romantic stuff, man. God, yay. 
The first time this happened, the first time that happened, the first time I went to school, the first time my dad, uh, you know, drove me to, 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 to work. The first, this is the song that was playing in the background. The first, that's why when people are proposing to their wives, they want the atmosphere to be set so that I can propose to what? Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, yo. <laughs> Why? Because they want your significant other to always bring back that sound to a moment. Because you can always trace back. That's why some people will be like, oh my gosh, that's my song. Why? Because they trace it back to a moment. And if they didn't, haven't controlled their desire, it reveals it, exposes it, and if you can't control it, it will lead you down the road of flesh. If your desire has not been filled with the desires of the Spirit of God to lead you down the road of the Spirit. You know, as I'm, as I'm, I'm wrapping up and I'm concluding, you know, you know in my first year, we, <laughs> we, had a, we, had a, we had a thing, and we had a, we had a song that we liked so much, like my boys and I, and, and, uh, and every time to this day that song comes on, it's like, I don't know about Pastor Ryan, I literally go back to that moment. Like, I literally, like, I'm not going to tell you guys this song. You want to load this song. No. <laughs> I literally go back. Like, literally, I remember. It, where's, where's Seg? Is Seg here? Seg's around here somewhere. He's upstairs. He's doing the stream. Literally, if I play that song right now, wherever Shegun is in this building, he will show up here. Hands raised. <laughs> what? Because sound is attached to a moment which reveals a desire. Desire needs to be controlled. So you know what we're going to do today? We're going to pray that the desires of God begin to purify our own worldly desires. Because without purging and purification, what happens is that you never train your desire. You know how you train your desire? You begin to now fill it with the things of God. Whatever God loves, just love it. Whatever God hates, hate it. If you go on to verses 18 and 19, it will tell you all the desires of the world and all the things that, you know, that define as desires of the flesh. But our, our prayer is going to be just super simple tonight. We're just going to pray and say, God, let your desire now begin to purify my own desires so that I can become more like you. I, be, I, can, I can walk like you. I can talk like you. I can move like you. Let's be on our feet. Let, let, let's... Let's enter into this time together of prayer. And I want us to praise the church. And just ask God for his desire to begin to purify our desires. That's all. His desire to purify your desire. Our desires need to change. The way that what we love needs to be filled with the things of God. That's how you kill. That's how you kill youthful lust. What you, how you kill it is by training it. Why you kill it is by training your desire to follow the things of God, to fill it. Can you take two minutes to begin to talk to God? I don't know what you're going through. I don't know where you are. I don't know who you are. But I want you to begin to talk to God right now in this moment. Begin to speak to Him in this moment. Come on. Begin to speak to Him. Begin to speak to Him. Begin to speak to Him. Ramando shibre kedesha, ramante kalala yarabasi kada, le kada ye kazite yarabasi mbondo robo shibre kedesha, rimando shikada yarabasi bre kedesha, 
la prato shike de 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 shakarabaka remende de 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 shikata branta yararabasika le preke de shakaramando rorobosike de de ramando shike karepeke de shikata romondo rorobosika ramanto ramando yararabasipeke de shakata Ah, ya pa, ya kada, ya rada basi preke de ishabra. Remando ya rada basi preke de brege de rebisha. Remende de de bishipra kada ya rada. Come on, let let the purification process begin to happen. Tell God, come on, say God, purify my heart in your fire. Remende de bishipra, purify our hearts in your fire. 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 Remende de bishipra, de deraman. Purify our hearts, purify our hearts. Refiner's fire, oh God. Ramanturi nevi shara na bakara na bisha ramandari yara na basi brigiri. Rebo shara na yabare basa prakari yara na. Ramanturi yara na bakara na basa ramakari yara na basa prakara bish. Ramanturi yara na basi brigiri shara ya. Ramando In this moment, if you want to surrender your desire to God, I just want to, I want to pray with you. I want to stand with you today. When I count to three, I just want you to come up here. I want to pray with you right before we go. You want to, you want to surrender your desire. You want to surrender your desire. There was three things. I, I didn't get to it. I only got to one. The first one was atmosphere, as in a place. The second one is people. The last thing is possessions. I haven't gotten to the third, the three. I only stayed on the first one, which was atmosphere, the place, the atmosphere. And one thing I wrote on my, on my notes is this. Do you have an altar that is conducive and pregnant with a spirit of desperation and desire? Is there a place where you meet God, an altar that you've built where you can say this is the place that is pregnant with a des desperation and a desire what have you done to control your atmosphere so that it is constantly continually filled with expectation and desire one thing you can do and it's so beautiful is to constantly be in a mood of worship in your heart that's a way that you commune with God that's a way that you begin to speak to him and he speaks to you and you alter your atmosphere let 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 worship begin to rise and be in your hearts always now if you're such a person you say pastor Kof, i'm trying to submit my desire i want you to, i want to say i just want to pray with you here one two three all over this place come you say i want to submit my desire i want to submit my desire Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.